Today is the 9th of October, which marks eBird, almost said eBird Big Day, October Big Day, which is done by eBird. And it's similar to Bird and Big Day done by BirdLife South Africa and Bird Lasser, except it's run by eBird, the app, and Cornell Lab of Ornithology. So at the moment, I'm probably out and about looking at my local patch, birding in the garden root botanical gardens and seeing what feignable species I can find in the mountain. But yeah, just a nice little study break for the meantime over the weekend before I get back to some more exams next week. So yeah, I mean, if you're free this weekend, I suggest you download eBird and give it a shot. It's a nice thing to do over the weekend and contributes to bird life uh, conservation. So I wish I could have actually gotten this out to you guys a bit earlier because October Big Day or Birding Big Day for that matter is, is a good day to be clued up about your bird words because you go out, you might be in a group, you might see other birders and if you're clued up about your words, your bird words, you might be able to impress some people out there, you know, make them think you're a big shot because you know these, these bird words. <laughs> so anyways, here it goes. A couple of words that will make you look a bit like a bird nerd, let's say. First one, I'm gonna go in alphabetical order. Alien. This is a bird that is not indigenous to an area. It's a species that, such as the common starling or other name as the European starling, as the name says, it came from Europe. It was introduced by humans to the area. A bar is a mark that grow, goes across a bird's feather. So if you hold a feather upright, if there's a line that goes across the feather, a good example of a bird is a little sparrowhawk that has a barred chest. So that's a bar on a bird. A crown is the top of a bird's head, like the crown lapwing. It has the circle on the top of its head, which is the crown of the head. Well, that's actually pretty much the dictionary definition of, 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 of crown anyways. And another bird that has this word in its name is a crowned eagle, except it's called that because it has these feathers sticking up on its head that looks like a bit of a crown. <laughs> Although the crown is on the eagle's crown, so you never know actually what the name was named after. A seer, spelt C-E-R-E, -E, is the skin between the beak and the feathers of the head. Now, this is, it's, it's, a, it's a piece of skin that's, it's just bare. And you often get a yellow seer on raptors, uh, but it's also a good identification feature for quite a few birds. Um, it can be different colors on many species of birds. So often you get a raptor that has a certain color seer but it's different to another species that has a very similar colored plumage. Well, there's another word I could tell you about. Plumage is the overall color and texture and look of the bird's feathers. So a bird's plumage could be brown, which is just maybe a familiar chat. It has a brown plumage. To dip, a dip is when you go out to look for a bird. It could be a twitch when you go out and try to find a rare bird, you know, but you just, you, you don't succeed, you don't find it. So you could be going out on a walk to say, listen, I'm gonna go find that Narina trogon in the forest today, but you don't get it. So dips are quite unfortunate and sad things. Often you go out and you come back after your trip and you tell the guys, no guys, I dipped, you know, that's how to use the word. And escapee, that's the next word. All right, next word, escapee. And escapee is a bird that escaped from where it was supposed to be. <laughs> so often there's these weird and wacky birds found around the country that people, you know, go, get so excited, they post on rare bird groups saying, I found an African gray parrot in my garden, guys. Whereas it was just, you know, the neighbor's parrots that unhooked 
the cage and decided to take a fly about. So that is an escapee. Um, and often it can be birds that are indigenous to the country, but someone was keeping them as a pet. And say, for example, a orange-breasted waxbill. Someone had kept it in the Western Cape, but they're found in, they're usually found in the Gauteng province. So it's just a bird that, it's just a bird that can confuse birders a lot. And they're quite problem birds. An eyebrow. Now you could use the word eyebrow, which is self-explanatory, or you could use the fancy word superciliary. I hope I'm saying that right, but it's, uh, that's generally how birders say it. A superciliary is the eyebrow of a bird. You could say, look at that Cape Robin chat, superciliary, you know, or you could freak your friends out and say, your superciliaries are looking pretty cool today, man. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't do that. Or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of would. An eye ring. We're talking a lot about eyes today. An eye ring or a ring around a bird's eye you see it on Cape white ties and species like that, etc., etc. But you could use the word orbital ring as a fancy word if you want to impress people. Okay, next one. You might be walking in a grassland or in the bushes and all of a sudden a nightjar flies up in front of you or a fluff tail. That is called flushing a bird. Um, and often people organize flushes where they go in a group and they walk through a grassland to look for quails or something because that's the only way to actually see a bird unless you very luckily you're lying in the grass one day and a fluff tail walks across your chest. You know, that's, that's not very, <laughs> that's not very common. So people often organize a flush where they walk in a row in a grassland and with the aim to make a bird flush so that they can see it. And there's quite a big debate going on, you know, whether that's ethical or not. Uh, but even researchers have to do that to monitor the white wing fluff tail here in South Africa. A gape is a part of the bird's beak. It's the back part and it's often a yellow skin on raptors where the two parts of the beak join each other and there's a fleshy part of skin there. And uh, this can also be a feature of the bird that helps distinguish it from other species like the brown eagles of South Africa. You get a tawny eagle and a steppe eagle that look very similar. But often the only way to tell the difference is by looking at the gape on the bird because the steppe eagle's gape goes beyond the eye, uh, in line with the eye or, or beyond the eye. Um, whereas the, the tawny eagle just has a gape that sort of sticks out right next to the bill. Jizz. This can also be pronounced giz, spelled G-I-S-S -S or J-I-Z-Z. -Z. You could choose either one actually. Um, I've heard quite a couple of birders use either one, but it it means the bird's general appearance. So instead of saying, you know, the general appearance of the bird just didn't look so good, I wasn't confident with the bird's jizz to take that identification, you know. You could say, you could say it like that. Um, but you could also use it with your friends and say, your jizz is looking really cool today, bro. <laughs> but you'd be seen as pretty weird. <laughs> a host is a bird that raises the hatchling of another species. So often you get birds that will lay their eggs in another bird's nest, which is the host's nest. And then that poor bird has to raise the abandoned egg of another bird. So often you get a Cape Wagtail that raises a cuckoo's hatchling. And then after a few weeks, this cuckoo is bigger than the, the Cape Wagtail, you know. So, you know, very bad parents. They just abandon their kids to make another bird take care of it. Then you get a hybrid. A hybrid is the result of two species mixing with each other and uh, 
the offspring can often be quite unusual looking because sometimes you get a hybrid of a, oh, there's a problem. There's a problem species in South Africa called a mallard. And, uh, you know, it's often that, um, often seen as the domestic duck that walks around farms. You get that white one, just waddles along. You know, they're, they're, they're innocent birds, but I don't like them very much. They just waddle along, you know, causing trouble. They often interbreed with yellow bull ducks and that causes a lot of confusion with people. Um, and there's a lot of debates as how to control them because they're really taking over in, in some places. And I witnessed it uh, over here on the garden route as well in the estuaries where they are starting to expand their population um, and interfere with the ecosystem and the indigenous waterfowl. An ID, spelt ID, is short for identification. Just like, you know, when you get your ID, you can use it when asking for the identification, you know. So what's the identification of that bird? The next one is a must know, LBJ. This is short for little brown job. Oh, I, I like this one so much. It's so cool. It's, it's all the birds that are the larks, the pipits, the cesticulars, and a couple of seed eaters and other birds that are in a group of other, other species that looks very similar to each other. And they're, they're all pretty much brown. So a lot of people just leave them, you know, don't, don't even try identify them. Don't like that section of the bird book. You know, they only like the colorful section with the Taracos and the Trogans. Yeah, that's an LBJ. Just, you gotta know that one. It's a must know. A mandible. This is, you could use this as a fancy word as well for the upper and lower parts of the bull. The upper mandible and the lower mandible. It's a good one to know because you get some species that have a different color, upper and lower mandible, like the mangrove kingfisher, for example. Melanistic is the word for a form of a bird. Okay, so you get a species that can be melanistic has a melanistic form, like the black sparrowhawk. It's quite a good example here in the Western Cape. As you go further and further west, melanistic forms of black sparrowhawks become more common. And it's just when the bird is completely black. Um, and usually black sparrowhawks have a white patch on their chest and belly and under their chin, but some forms, sometimes, you get the offspring that is completely black. And that's called a melanistic form. A mimic is when a bird sings another bird's song. So you often get birds sitting on the top of a tree, perched there at dusk, singing a whole bunch of songs and it confuses you so much. It, oh, and that's when a bird mimics another bird's call, which is uh, the, basically the dictionary definition of mimic anyway. And uh, yeah, another bird that does that very often is the chorister robin chat. They often mimic the cuckoos when you're forest birding, you know, you can be walking the forest and you hear like three species of cuckoo calling at the same spot. And then you realize, no, it's just a chorister robin chat. But you, you, often, you often learn what is a mimic and what is not because the bird that mimics has its own little say within the sentence, basically. So you know, Cape Robin chat will, will mimic other birds as well. The, and the, the common starling is actually one of the world's, the world's best mimic, mimicking bird. Uh, but it often has its own little uh, song within the mimicking. So over time you learn what's a mimic and what's not. A mob is when a gang of birds come up against another bird. Often drongos will start fighting a raptor. You know, they're not very scared because they know they don't taste nice apparently. So they just dive bomb a raptor and try to scare it away almost for no reason. <laughs> Maybe the raptor's not even close to the nest. They just don't like birds of prey. Bulbuls will also do this to owls and stuff. A nail 
this is the tip of a bird's bill, often the, the hooked part of the bill. And uh, most raptors have this, or well, all raptors have this with this hooked part of the end of the bill. And some other birds have it as well, like fiscal shrikes. They use it to, to rip flesh. An ornithologist. An ornithologist is a scientist who studies birds. So you might want to become an ornithologist one day, but we're not exactly ornithologists, even though we do study birds. But, you know, we are birders because we aren't scientists. A pan. This is, it can be a freshwater little lake that often dries up quite quickly, but it can be a salt pan as well. Um, and it, it's often filled up with rainwater um, or, or something else that floods it like a pipe. And uh, you get a couple, quite a couple of pans in South Africa and Africa that are vital to the survival of certain water bird species. A parasite is a bird that lays its eggs in other birds' nests. This is the opposite of a host. A parasite will lay its eggs in another bird's nest, in the, which is the host's nest, which hosts the egg that it abandoned. <laughs> um, and an example of this is the cuckoos. Most cuckoo species will not make their own nests, but chuck the egg in another bird's nest. A pelagic, this is one with two meanings. You can either go on a pelagic, or you can go see pelagics. Pelagics are bird species that live on the oceans and they will breed on islands and come to land every now and then. But um, many species of pelagic birds live on the wing for months without landing. A rump. Now this is a funny one. Um, a rump is the lower part of a bird's back right next to the tail, which is on top of the, the backside. So the backside is, in birding terms, if you want to be fancy again, you can call it the vent. So it's not to be confused with the rump. The rump can often be a certain color different to the rest of the bird's plumage. Next one, scavengers. A scavenger, first bird that comes to mind is a vulture. But uh, in general, they are birds that look for food caught by other predators. Or they are birds that eat roadkill or rubbish. So that includes gulls and crows. A split. This is when a species is decided to be two species or more, uh, like the long-billed larks of South Africa. Quite exciting for South African birders. Uh, quite a few years ago, before I became a birder, uh, the long-billed larks were split into, I think it was four species or more um, around different parts of South Africa. And I must say, definitely agree with that split because before that the long-billed lark in general had so much variety over the different parts of South African distribution. Distribution is another one. If uh, It's the range of a bird, how, you know, where, where the bird is found, uh, the locality. A subspecies. This is a bird that is found in a certain area that looks different to those of the same species in a different area. And they often have a different call and different habits or ways they do things. Um, but, you know, they often say the devil is in the subspecies because sometimes subspecies can look so different from a certain bird. And to learn a species subspecies is very difficult because sometimes you don't get why it was made a subspecies as it looks almost identical or it does look identical in your opinion to the other subspecies. Like you get the, 
you get the fiscal shrike or common fiscal in South Africa that has quite a few different subspecies around Africa, actually, I believe. But the one, there's two in South Africa. Uh, the scientific name is Larnius cholerus, and then the subspecies is Larnius cholerus cholerus. So that's the general one. And then you get a special one called Larnius cholerus subcoronatus, which is found in the Kalahari Desert. And that has a supercilium, let me not say eyebrow, because I'm fancy. The supercilium is a big, broad, white stripe above each eye. Um, and it almost, it, it, it almost looks to me like it should be a different species because it's only found in a certain area and it has a different plumage because it has these eyebrows. Well, excuse me, superciliums. <laughs> uh, but it's only found in the Kalahari Desert area uh, and the arid area of South Africa and, and uh, more north. A tick. A tick is a insect that sucks. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, no, never mind. A tick is a bird that you see or mark off. So it could be for the first time. Uh, you, but it's, it's generally used in a sentence like, Oh, yes, I got a new tick today. You know, that could be a new species for your life list. Um, or I ticked a bird off. That's cool. Sword for the first time. Um, and a twitch. A twitch is an excursion you go out on to find a rare bird that someone else found. Um, and you can dip on a twitch if you don't see the bird, which is unfortunate. But if you go, if you go on a twitch and you say you went on a twitch, you know, that's, that's when you found the bird. And often you go on twitches to find a vagrant. A vagrant is a very rare bird out of its distribution. And we come to the last of our bird nerd words, a wattle. Um, and you actually, you get a tree called a wattle, a black wattle. And that's a, a, an alien invasive species of tree, not bird. Uh, in Southern Africa, it comes from Australia. And it sucks up all the water. But the wattle that I am talking about is the wattle on a bird's face. You get a, a bird called a wattle eye in South Africa that looks like a batis, but it has this red uh, skin around its eye and it's got a weird shape to it. But you also get like a wattle on the bird's face that hangs off the side. You get a wattled lapwing. So that's a good example of a bird with, the, with that name in it. And there you have it, my bird words. I hope you guys are officially bird nerds <laughs> after this. Um, and hopefully by the time of South African Bird and Big Day on the 27th of November, you will be clued up about all these words uh, and be able to use them in the field and look a bit more like a big shot. So you are guys, be blessed and happy birding. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, you can subscribe to our social media platforms and check us out on all the podcasting players and platforms. Now go out there and find some birds.